Hi, I'm Sarah Noble, your host for the Modern Day Intuitive Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been on a spiritual journey, searching, learning, expanding, and growing. I've traveled the world, led by my heart, on a quest to know myself so that I can support others. This podcast was created from my deep desire to help you connect with your intuition and to inspire you to create a life where the impossible becomes possible and you live into your sacred dreams and desires. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, my loves. Welcome to the show today. So, so grateful to have you here. So before we dive into our reading today, I do want to share with you some exciting news that we have launched Untamed Intuition, Ignite the Wild Within Mentorship as a self-study. It just came through to me that this program, these teachings, this experience wants to be able to be alive in the world and to be with you on your time, on your schedule, when it works for you. So we have taken all the content and it's available to you to download as a self-study. There is a link in the show notes that will give you more information, tell you about the process, what you will be learning, and guide you through this transformational process that I have created and want to share with you. And always, if you prefer to be guided through this, it is offered as a personal mentorship. So that is available as well, where you have monthly calls with me and support as you dive into all the content and transform your life. So today, Brianna is here with us and she is on a healing journey and is looking for guidance on what is the most effective path for her to focus on as she moves forward with her new gifts and this new way of being in the world. So we talk about redefining success. We look at unconscious versus our conscious programming. We talk about being and feeling safe in your body and how physical, mental, and emotional trauma are used to disempower you. How people can plug in and take your personal power if you are not paying attention. And disconnecting from collective emotions, allowing others to be responsible for themselves instead of this place that so many of us are in where we're caretaking and we're in codependent relationships. How do we step outside of those and let others care for themselves? And then of course, the reminder that in order to move forward, in order to live into your true destiny, there comes a point when you get to stop looking backwards, when the past is healed and it is now you move into the creationary part of your journey on the Andean shamanic medicine wheel. This is talked about as moving from the South and the West, which are the healing directions where you move into the North, where everything becomes a gift, where everything is for you. And you start to live your life in a forward momentum, as opposed to continuing to look backwards. So my loves enjoy my call with Brianna. I love you. Hi, Brianna. Welcome to the podcast. How can I help you today? Hi. I have been a growth space for quite a while now that I'm looking to deep dive into and make sustainable change and hit myself where it hurts in a good way, in a healing way. So I would love to have some guidance around what the most effective and efficient route to go through 
that healing is going to be. Thank you. So the first image I see is of an iceberg. And it's that idea that as we look at our level of consciousness of what is conscious behavior versus what is unconscious behavior, it's a staggering three to 5% of our behaviors that we're actually consciously choosing. And then the other 95 to 97% is like the iceberg under the water, where most of what we do, say, think, feel, go about our day and acting comes from this 95%. And a big part of the journey that we're on as healers, intuitives, anyone, right, who's interested in evolving, (laughs) it's about looking at those unconscious patterns and programs that are playing out beneath the surface. So tell me what you know about that and where you're at in this process. Absolutely. And before I dive into that, I love that the iceberg came up because I just used that analogy yesterday with someone that I was speaking to. So that's very resonant with me. I love how it lines up like that. (laughs) It always does. It always does. (laughs) So my subconscious, I know, has a lot going on. I am very consciously aware of my triggers, of my trauma, of my grief cycles, I did uncover a new one recently that I wasn't aware of, an obstacle in my business life that's related to trauma with my father that I didn't recognize how that cycle was playing and that I associate success with pain and with trauma and with abuse. So that hit me in a really big way because I recognize that that's been a barrier my whole life and I was completely unaware of it until yesterday. But outside of that, the rest of it, I've spent over two decades studying myself and my mind and everything that I've been through and connecting all the dots and figuring out how to move forward and am wildly successful in my life as a whole and as a human considering what I've been through, which is something to acknowledge and praise. But I think the two biggest things that are getting in my way, one is that association with success that success is something to be feared because it's a negative thing in my body. I know in my mind that's not true, but my body feels it as danger. And then the other thing is grace. I went through a divorce over the last couple of years, and something I said a lot in that was to give space and grace for things, which I do beautifully with other people. But when it comes to myself, I've had that word come up multiple times in the last two days as well. People reminding me to give myself grace and acknowledge how much I've been through and how much I've moved forward. So I feel like there's a battle right now between my feeling center and my thinking center. So my brain is all over it. The awareness is there, but my body is still feeling things that it doesn't seem like I'm able to convince it that that's not true anymore, that I am in a safe space because I am that you know success is something to be celebrated and is something to strive towards and that all the dangers that were present when i was younger and the cycles that i continued in the trauma cycles they're not a part of my life anymore that i'm actively choosing to remove them from my life so getting past that barrier of the somatic trauma that's hanging out in my body in spite of doing yoga etf reiki 
psychotherapy. I've done physical therapy. I've done so many things to release them. At this point, I'm not sure where else to work. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. As you're talking, I feel short of breath. Like there's an anxiety, a panic that still lives inside your nervous system. And you're showing me your heart chakra, solar plexus, and your sacral chakra, second, third, fourth. And you had mentioned earlier before we got on the call about that part of your body feeling the block lives in there. And it's really interesting because I hadn't thought about it this way before, but if we go from the bottom up, we've got orange, yellow, green, but the image is a traffic light. And the way your body is showing this traffic light to me is your heart is the red and then your yellow and then the green in your sacral. So it's reversed. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> so how I'm interpreting that, right? How the information is coming through for you is that you have this big red stoplight in your heart and it wants you to stop. There's two components. There's a part where it's saying, stop, it's time to come back to me. And then the other component is where it's like, stop, no, I can't do this. So it's got the both sides where it wants it and yet it can't do it yet. And my understanding of the way the energetic body works. So I hear that you've done a lot with somatics, you've done psychotherapy, you've done all these beautiful modalities that work with lots of systems in the body. Where you're showing me is that it's your energetic system. It's the part of you that's more connected, right, to energy to the way that your chakras are aligned in your body, the way they're functioning, the way that your field is able to protect you so that you can open your heart. And in my experience, a lot of what our energetic body's job is, is to defend us against the things on the outside that could harm us, that have harmed us in the past, right? Like the journey you've been on, you were harmed emotionally, mentally. I don't know all the details, but there was a real thing that happened to you. And so your energetic body remembers that and it holds that in your field. And so as you're doing this work and you're coming to this place that you've peeled away so many layers and so much of the unconscious, that now you're left with the consciousness of your energetic field. And it is saying, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> I don't know if we're quite ready for you to open your heart yet. Like, we don't know if it's safe. Our job is to protect you. We've been doing that all this time. We need some reassurance here from the energetic structures that this is going to be okay for you. So what do you make with that? There's a lot of layers to that. I'm going to work in reverse. So absolutely, that's true. And I noticed when I got my Reiki attunement that that started shifting massively, especially when I hit Reiki master and started activating on a regular basis. And I actually, as you were saying it, I was imagining in my mind that the process of me going through the energetic component, because that started 
shortly after my daughter was born and she's seven now. Cause I recognize that she had some gifts that I do as well. And I wasn't raised in an environment that fostered that. And I don't want that for her. So the maternal side of it forced me to hone my gifts. And when I got my Reiki certification and started practicing my master Reiki skills, I recognized that I had all these moments coming up where my energy would activate because of nothing around me other than what was going on inside of me, that something felt unsafe, that something felt off and whether or not it actually was was just to be determined in the moment. So I do think that you hit the nail on the head there is that a lot of it's in the energetic body because sometimes it was actual danger and I would sense it before it was there and was able to manage that. And sometimes it was just in me that my energy was vibrating so high because the warning bells were going off, but there was nothing to actually to be wary of in that moment. So that's one piece of it. And then another piece, when you talked about the chakras, it's funny that my sacral chakra came up in that because I've noticed throat, which I do think I've opened up more. I speak much more clearly and directly now to the point that sometimes it makes people uncomfortable with how blunt and direct I am, which isn't always a bad thing. (laughs) Could be tempered a touch. But when you said sacral, that resonated with me because my heart chakra has been opening up massively at the irony and getting a divorce. And it was really hard. It was a very unpleasant process. There wasn't mutuality. There wasn't trust. It was just rough. We weren't on the same plane with how we were handling things, but I found unconditional love in myself in that process, which felt like the opposite of what should happen. The more I dove into the pain of it, I found more and more love. So it's interesting that my heart is still pushing back against that, but it makes sense too. And the sacral chakra. So the trauma that I went through, it was everything. So It was mental, physical, spiritual, sexual, all of it. And so one thing I've been doing is I've been exploring my sexuality and my sensuality more freely and openly, which was not something I was able to do for a long time. So when you said that my sacral chakra was showing, I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense because it's another space where I have to unlearn that it's dangerous to engage in my own sexuality and not necessarily sex with someone else, but just sexuality as a human being, that it's not a shameful thing to experience any sort of sensuality in any way, shape or form. So the red light model or the traffic light model does make sense to me. And I recently made the connection too that the way that I associate sensuality, if it involves anyone else, there has to be that heart connector. The emotions have to be present, that that's where it could lie the danger or it could lie the safety depending on what I'm choosing, how consciously I'm choosing, what intentionality, how much mindfulness I'm bringing to my interactions with others, which I think I do well 90% of the time, but the trauma side of me still sometimes slips up and leans into the comfortable, which for someone who's experienced trauma and abuse, the comfortable is not necessarily where you want to go until you've redefined comfortable with being not toxic or abusive individuals. Yeah. So as you're talking and you're showing me your sacral chakra and this idea of it being green in this model, so with the trauma that you experienced, it's a very disempowering experience, right? The people that are inflicting the trauma, they are looking for power. So taking your power through these ways of controlling you. And 
We started out a little bit with success. And if we think about success, a lot of the way it's defined on our planet today is money. I don't personally (laughs) define success that way. And I get the sense you don't either. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yet that narrative and infrastructure is playing out in our society. So for you, as you're stepping into this life calling, this way of supporting yourself differently through service, there's a collective narrative of what success means. And I get the sense that you're still connected through this chakra to your husband, your ex-husband. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so he's plugged into that chakra. And the more that you are accessing your own inner power, it's getting siphoned off. So there's some work there for you to guard against him still having access to your power. But I imagine in your marriage, you were disempowered. And even though you're separated, there's still the ability for him to do this. And I'm not saying that he's intentionally doing this. This is a power dynamic that plays out in our world, especially when we are married and then become unmarried. We get to train our bodies that they don't have to do that anymore. So unplugging and just repeatedly reminding your field, your chakra, that he does not get to have that power anymore. He gets to go deal with his own stuff. It's his life. It's his choices. Thank you very much. And you own that sovereign power for yourself. Absolutely. The only hang up in that is that we have a child together, a daughter. And you, you know, you pointed out that he's not intentionally doing that. And that's, it's absolutely true. I recognize that even my first experience with control and abuse, I recognize when I was much older the aha moment of seeing the person that did it to him and who started the cycle for him and why it translated over to me. And the complication here is with our daughter in the mix because that trauma that I talked about that's associated with success has to do with my father because he worked to earn a lot of money to leave a legacy to make sure that my brother and I could go to college and to make sure that everything was taken care of when he was old or when he passed away. But as a result, he wasn't there when I was a child. And if he had any inkling that anything was going on on the abuse level, he would have stopped it immediately. And I know that. And then right around the time I started getting to know him when I was in, I was 17, 18, we were getting really close. I lived with him for a little while while I was in between my associates and my bachelor's degree. And The same year I got married, he was recovering from brain cancer and he died five months after. So his success is tied into all of that. That was the realization that was brought to my attention yesterday. And I now have my child in the mix. So I recognize that some of those trauma cycles are playing up of fear that she's going to have some sort of unpleasant experience as well, because with my success, I would rather just offer everything for free and do everything for free. It's it's in my nature. It's what I want to do. I don't like our narrative that's driven by finances, but I also recognize that money in the right hands with the right people who are going to do the right things 
with it. And maybe I should take away the word right. But when someone who has a heart of giving has enough financial play to give back to the world in a more substantial way because our society is run off of money, no matter how much we don't like it, that changes the playing field. And in having my experience that I did with my father and recognizing the value of this time, this precious time that my daughter and I have together, and she's been going through a really rough time with everything from the divorce to just before we had a traumatic incident that happened with a neighbor that broke into our house who was mentally ill and a drug addict. And he stalked our family for years. He's doing really well now. Actually, I advocated for him to get help and it took almost four years, but he's now in a good place, but it's negatively affected her. So I'm watching what feels like a generational curse playing out because I'm becoming more aware of things that my mother and my aunts went through and all these things that have been passed down through the lineage on an energetic level. And I see where some of that siphoning comes in because I'm looking to protect my daughter, but I also want to make sure that the part of her that is her father is able to be there and do the work that he's meant to do with her too, because I look at it as our children choose us. There's the genetic code and all of that, but in my opinion, we're given the child that we're meant to have to go through collectively what we're intended to together. So I know there are aspects that he's meant to have parts of him that are meant to impact her in a positive way. But there's also that unintentional that he does the siphoning of energy, not just off of me, but off of others. And he means well, you know, he's a brilliant man. Yeah. He just hasn't been taught how to use his power effectively in support of others. So your job is to protect your power and your daughter's power And just because you're doing that doesn't mean that he can't have a relationship with her. They're two separate things. Yes. And so by you protecting her and yourself, he's going to have to figure out something else. Can't keep getting his power from you two. So that's going to create changes for him in his life that are going to send him on a different journey. And that's in service to him. Yeah. And I recognize that my childhood trauma, I got pushed into the empath category. So I fell into saviorism for a while. And I've learned to help others help themselves. That's the healthy version of it. But before I was trying to rescue everyone, which does them no service. If you rescue someone from their pain and from their discomfort, you're taking away their opportunity to grow and learn. And I see that that's a part of this journey. But I know that one barrier in that is our connection through our daughter. And I'm still figuring out how to navigate that because I do really well with myself. But you know, there's also the person that I made a baby with that I spent over a decade of my life with that I gave up a lot of my dreams to follow our collective dream together and then ripped my heart out and left it bleeding in front of me to walk away from it because I knew it was what was best for me. And that was so hard, so hard to do. Something else that was pointed out to me yesterday is the emotional aspect. You can't see me, but I'm tearing up while I'm talking about it. I tend to go just deep enough into the emotions, but not all the way. Because during this divorce, I've had moments where I'm in full on ugly cry mode, you know, where you can't stop the tears. You're collapsed in a heap on the floor, just bawling. And it happened so many times uncontrollably that I had to temper it for a while. But I think I've swung the pendulum too far the other direction where I'm not allowing my solar plexus and my heart to do the work that they're intended to do. Some of that is connected to sacral as well. 
it makes perfect sense, all of those feeling centers, because I'm grounded. I'm connected spiritually. I'm speaking up now. I'm speaking my truth. I'm holding my ground where I need to. But feeling it all the way is so painful and scary that I'm blocking it. And I don't mean to. It's not an intentional thing that I do. Well, here's my understanding and having walked a similar journey to you, (laughs) that when we leave a marriage, we're not just leaving a person. We're leaving an institution. We're leaving a very old way of being. And a lot of times, what you're feeling is not all yours. I'm a huge supporter of feel your emotions. So I'm not saying don't feel your emotions. But there comes a point where it's really important to track Are you caught in a collective narrative of the poor, hurt woman who had to leave her marriage and the abuse? And there's a a real strong collective story that basically I felt attacked by it sometimes. It kind of sounds like that is happening to you and you're on the floor just overtaken by it. And for me, there was a lot of power in discerning what's truly mine. What am I mourning? Mourning the fantasy, mourning the fact that I don't see my kids all the time the way I used to, really getting clear on what is the truth of what you're sad about, and then kind of looking at the rest of it of, is this even mine? Because we get sucked into that, especially as we're in those early days of leaving. Because we're not really supposed to leave, right? According to the story, like that's not what happens. And yet here you are choosing a life for you, sacrificing something in devotion to the truth of you. And there are points in there where you're going to come up against an energy collective energy that wants to take you down. And I know that kind of can sound out there. It can sound a little like much, (laughs) but that was my experience that it wasn't all mine. And so you blocking, I don't necessarily see that as you stuffing emotions, talking to you, sitting with you and your energy you explore yourself. You are here to understand the depths of who you are. So if you're blocking something, I sense that as your wisdom, knowing that what was happening to you is more than was supposed to be. And it's like a protection that you went inside of, like, I can't do this anymore. And you didn't necessarily understand that. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's very accurate. The first six or seven months, maybe even longer, I was grieving more the pain that I was causing my ex and my daughter than I was my own losses. And my own losses were intermingled in it, but I had so much trouble getting past the fact that I was making a choice that was causing massive emotional harm to other people. So that is very accurate. I I don't think that I do that as much. I do with my daughter some still, and I'm working on that. And I do recognize in my marriage that I took on a lot of the emotional weight just because of my ex-husband's 
I don't want to say inability because that's disempowering. I don't think that's true. He's very capable, but unwillingness to really dive deep into his emotional centers and overcome those healing aspects that would help push him forward. So I know that's a habit and a dynamic we have, but we're so disconnected now. And I've cut tethers and cut ties with them in as many ways as I can energetically and practically here in the physical plane as well. I would be surprised if there were still some of those going on because I do think that I have a pretty good grasp on what's mine and what's someone else's and I'm able to recognize when I'm pulling someone else's emotional weight or when there's more there than what's mine. Also, my ex-husband and my daughter are both Leos and I'm a Taurus. So that's always a fun dynamic with fire signs and an earth sign. Sometimes I'm very grounding for them and comforting. And sometimes they're just, I'm throwing dirt on something that wants to rage out of control for a little while to cleanse. So that's something to think about. That's something I'll keep in the back of my mind moving forward. Yeah. The word that's coming in is allowing, or the phrase is allowing others to be responsible for themselves. Absolutely. And I see this image of a woman rising and you're wearing a headdress and you're painted and jeweled. And it's this rising of you, of the truth of you, of this empowered self, of you having made these hard choices in service and devotion to your heart. And the real encouragement to, like I heard you say in the beginning, this level of love for yourself for everything that you have done. And the invitation is to go even deeper with that to really claim your journey and the fact that you did these things. And yes, people got hurt. I think there's a myth that as humans, we're not supposed to hurt each other. But the reality of this life is that we do. It's inevitable, especially if we're choosing ourselves. Other people are going to get hurt because they're not understanding that. And that's okay. And so this place of forgiveness for yourself You're already inside of it. There's a deepening of it. And then there's this rising of who you are in all your glory and power and magnificence that is here to now take this path that you have walked and make medicine for the world. Does this feel like an okay place to land today? I think it does. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and making your personal and spiritual growth a priority in your life. To learn more about connecting with your dreams and your intuition so that you can create a life full of possibilities, visit me at www.sarahnoble.com and see how we can create magic together. A big thank you from my heart to yours for making the planet a better place for us all.